Well, hello everybody. I'm so glad that you decided to join us again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to continue in the series entitled, How's Your Heart? This would be part number five in that series. Remember, if you've not heard the rest of it, all you have to do is just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org and look for the media page and all the messages are right there free of charge. Or just download the Kingdom Rock app to your mobile device and it's already there. It's just that simple. We want to invest the rich word of God into the soil of your heart and we know that it's going to produce a 100-fold blessing in your life. All right, without any further ado, here comes part number five of the series entitled, What's in Your Heart? Right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Turn with me in your Bibles. We're going to go right back to the book of Matthew. Remember, we're in the season of uh, the season of moving forward. God says move forward in this season. And uh, we're in the series, um, the broad series, What's Holding You Back? And now we're in the sub-series, How's Your Heart? This is part number five. This is part number five. And I do believe I see an end in sight. I do not know. If you, if you are praying, maybe the Lord will take us further. Part five. Here again, Matthew, the fifth chapter, verse number eight. Uh, let's read this together. Some of you should know this by heart. And it says, it reads like this. Matthew five, verse number eight out of the King James Version. It says, blessed are the pure in in heart for they shall see God blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God one more time blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God as we told you before God is divinely positioning us for revival and he is conditioning our hearts so that we may see him And as a result of us seeing him, we'll become like him and he'll use us greatly in these end times. Again, Matthew 5, 8 says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. We defined the word pure last time as clean, purified by fire. For they uh, rather clean, purified by fire. It also means Uh, Free from corrupt desires, free from sin and guilt. One more time, it means clean, purified by fire, free from corrupt desire, from sin and guilt. Pure, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Let me emphasize again that the word pure here really is past tense. That is, the heart has gone through some type of purification process. Are you hearing for most of us? We would agree, if not all of us would agree that there are some things in our heart that is not pure. We would agree that we have some desires. We still have some corrupt desires, some corrupt thoughts. I believe if we would if we would tell the truth about some things, we would say that there is still some there is still some lust there in the heart. There is still some doubt there in the heart. In the heart, sometimes there there is some worry in the house, in the heart, in the house, in the heart. That there are still some sinful desires in the heart. 
So our heart must be purified. Blessed are the pure in heart. That is the person that has allowed the spirit of God to work with them to get these desires, get these things, get this heart cleaned up. This is a work of the spirit. This is a work of the spirit. Now, how are we going to get our heart cleaned up? How are we going to have a pure heart? One, you're going to have to be born of God, born again. Two, you're going to have to uh, confess your sins before God. As you confess your sins before God, it comes up out of your heart, out of your mouth and out. And that confession is making beginning to make you clean. He said, if you confess your sins before him, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. One, you're going to get born again. Two, you're going to confess your sins. Three, you're going to have to repent. That is, you're going to have to actively turn from the sin. Four, you're going to um, have a clean heart by uh, studying the word of God, getting in the word, hearing the word. Jesus said, now you are clean through the words that I have spoken unto you. So as you meditate in the word of God, as you spend time in communion with him, you will find that your heart becomes more and more clean, more and more pure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't forget that. Now, we also looked in Matthew, the 15th chapter, in a way of recap, verse, tw- verse number 20. The Lord said, for I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter the kingdom of heaven. He said, your righteousness must exceed, go past the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Well, in verse number seven through nine, the Lord tells you about the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Matthew 15, verse seven through nine. Listen to how it reads. The Lord said, ye hypocrites. Uh, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you saying this people draw nigh to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips. But their heart is far from me. But in vain, they do worship me, teaching for doctrine, the commandments of men. So they had an outward appearance of holiness, but inside they were corrupt. The Lord said that your righteousness must exceed, go beyond the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. In other words, it's not just enough for you or me to do good things. The Lord is looking at your heart as to why you do good things. It's not enough just to be religious. He doesn't want a hypocritical worship. The heart must go along with it. He gave the example as well. Uh, He said, you've heard it said, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, whosoever shall look upon a woman to lust after her, have already committed adultery with her in his heart. It's not just the fact to say, well, I've never been with anybody but my wife. and never been with anybody but my wife. But ooh. But I haven't been with nobody but my wife. Nobody but ooh. I haven't been nobody but my husband. Nobody but my husband. Ooh. Jesus said, you've already committed adultery in your heart. Are you hearing? I haven't murdered anybody. I haven't murdered anybody. But you hate your brother. It's the heart. It's not just the outward exterior. It's not just the outside that God looks at. He looks at the heart. 
Your righteousness must exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees. He said, if you only love those that love you, what reward have you? The Pharisees do that. What's the big deal about that? You have to exceed that. God looks at your heart. And this is a hard thing. This is why the Lord has to walk you through the process. As a matter of fact, this process will kill you. This is not for the faint of heart. Are you hearing me? This heart cleansing process is killing you. It's killing your flesh. Remember, Jesus said you got to take up your cross and follow after him. That's the that's the death trail. The cross going on your shoulder only goes one way. As we're following Jesus, you put it on your shoulder to take it up to the heel to hang on it until you die. Are you hearing? The whole process is killing your flesh. It's killing that bad side, that evil side, that corrupt side of you. So it seems like, oh, God, you know, I can't do this. I mean, I can't I can't do this. I can't do this. I have to deny myself. I have to deny myself. Lord, I deserve something else. Lord, I deserve this. Lord, I deserve that. You mean I have to deny myself? I have to deny myself? I have to, Lord, I want this. Lord, I want that. You mean I have to deny myself? I have to deny myself. Lord, it's not fair. Lord's is not fair. You mean I have to deny myself? I have to deny myself? Yes. Because we're only here for a short time. And many of us are just frankly wasting our time. Wasting our time concerned about self. Don't you understand that as the Lord is your shepherd, he's going to take care of you. When it is appropriate, he will raise up in you and you'll be like David slaying uh, slaying Goliath. He will raise up a lion in you when it is appropriate. But sometimes God needs a lamb and not a lion. And you have to know when uh, when the appropriate appropriate time is. And God will lead you in that. But it cannot be just you. Please tell your neighbor, don't make this about you. In that, you will find self-worship yes, yes. and be a part of this uh, narcissistic society that says it's all about me. In many, many cases, people have just simply lost the way. Praise Jesus. Our righteousness must exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees. Must exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees. So the Lord said um, the corruption comes from the heart. He says in Matthew 15, verse number 19, he said, for from the heart come uh, evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying and slander. It comes from the heart. It comes from within. So, again, if you clean the heart, you'll clean the work of the hands. If you clean the heart, you will clean the work of the hands. Are you hearing? So now let's go a little bit further. We talked last time about the sons of God. Let's go back to first John third chapter. I want to, I want to rehearse a few things in your hearing. And then we've got to, we've got to move on today. First John, the third chapter, verse number one through three. I want you really to take notice of what this says. First John, the third chapter, verses one, two and three. It says, behold, what manner of love the father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called 
the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Verse two, beloved, now are we the sons of God. Say now. Now Now are we the sons of God. Say now. Now Now are we the sons of God. Say now. Now. Not later, not tomorrow, not in eternity, but right this very moment. Now are we the sons of God. You have to identify with this new reality. Are you hearing? Now we the sons of God that do if not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Why? For we shall see him as he is. Here again, having a pure heart will allow us to see God. Having a pure heart will allow us to, will allow, will allow us to see God. And as we see him, we will become like him. Does that make sense? Listen to verse three. And every man or woman, boy or girl, that have this hope in him. Have what hope? Hope of seeing the Lord. Hope of being like him. Every man, every man that have this hope in him does what? Purifieth himself, even as he, the Lord Jesus, is pure. Every man that have this hope, if you have this hope of seeing Christ, if you have this hope of seeing God, you will be actively purifying your heart. This is an activity of the sons of God. The sons of God are those who are actively purifying their hearts. Um, They see God and will do miraculous exploits, miraculous works. Here again, let me reiterate that sons here does not denote gender, talking about male or female, but it is a position, a position of favor with God. Sons means offspring or children. Are you hearing? Now are we the sons of God? And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when we shall see him, We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone, every man, every woman, every person that have this hope in him purifies himself. That is an active process. If you want to see the Lord, there shall be there should be an active process of purification, an active process of confessing your sin before him, an active prayer life also of allowing the Holy Spirit to mortify the deeds of your body that you may live an active an active uh, prayer life, an active communion time with the Lord. You're actively getting in the word for the purpose of purification. If you want to see the Lord here again in every man that uh, have this hope in him, purify himself, even as he, the Lord Jesus Christ, is pure. Are you hearing? Let's read one more. and Then we're going to try to go on today. John one, verse 12, uh, the Amplified Bible says this, but to but to um, as many as did receive and welcome him. He gave the authority, power, privilege, right to become the children of God of the Amplified Bible. King James says, as many as believed on him, to them he gave the power to become sons of God. How many many of you in here today believe Jesus? You've received him as your Lord and Savior. Then God has given you the right, the privilege 
the power to become his son, his offspring. And those that are offsprings of God or children of God, you would take on his characteristics. You would take on his personality. You would take on his features. Just like you see natural children. You say, boy, you walk just like your daddy. Girl, you look just like your mama. You act just like them. I know, I know that you belong to them. You can't deny them. And neither can God deny us as we walk in him, as we live in him, and as we move in him. This is one reason why the devil hates you so much, because you look just like your daddy. And he's trying his best to derail you. But just like your father, you have power and authority over him in the mighty name of Jesus. We don't have to cower down to the devil. The devil will cower down to you because you're in Christ and you're a new creature. Are you hearing? So Jesus has given you power, the right and the authority to become a son of God, to become a child of God. As you have believed on him. So we must see him. As we see him, we will do great exploits. Let me turn your attention one more time to John, the fifth chapter, verse number 19. This is out of the New Living Translation. This is how this reads. So Jesus, again, this is John 5, verses 19 through 20. Listen to how it reads. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself but does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. That's just verse 19. We'll stop there. The Lord said, I do what I see the father doing. And as your heart is purified and goes through this purification process, you will see what God is doing and you will follow what God is doing and the glory of God will descend. Are you hearing? Here again, when we say, when the scripture says of the pure in heart shall see God, I don't want you just to just to limit your vision to one day I will see the Lord in the sweet by and by or I'll see God, you know, in uh, I'll see him high and lifted up on his throne as Isaiah uh, saw. No, the word God there in the Greek is theos. And it also refers, it does refer to God, of course, the Godhead, the supreme being of the universe, he um, uh, that formed everything. But it also means God or the things that relates to God. It means his counsels, his interests, the things due to him. It also means whatever can in any respect be likened unto him or, resem- or resembles him in any way, whatever refers to him. For more on that, you need to go and get the previous messages. But I'm telling you, as your heart becomes pure, you begin to see God and the things relating to God. And you're going to need to see this in these last and evil days when, when the world is full of corruption and lies. One thing that God is again is truth. He is truth. He is the spirit of truth. So when the Bible says that blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God, we can also say blessed is the pure in heart for they shall see truth. They'll see the spirit of truth. And you won't be carried away with the deception that is now plaguing our society, that's plaguing our world. 
There is a great deception that's even now ramping up. And the church world knows it as the mark of the beast, as the Antichrist and all of these things. For some reason, the enemy will be able to uh, deceive a great population on this planet. A great number of humans will be deceived and they will willingly uh, give themselves over to the Antichrist. They'll willingly buy into the mark of the beast. Willingly, not by gunpoint. They'll willingly take this mark. That's a great deception. And Jesus said in the last days, there will be false prophets that will arise in the land. There'll be false teachers that will arise in the land. And you're going to need to be able to discern what is truth and what is not. This is one reason, again, that you will that you must have a pure heart. Are you hearing? Now, I want you to look again one more time in Matthew 5. Matthew 5 again. Let's look one more time at verse number 8. And it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall what? They shall see God. They shall see. Say see. Say see. They shall see God. I want you to notice something that having a pure heart will affect your eyes. Having a pure heart will affect your eyes. It will not only affect what you see, but how you see it. Not only what you see, but how you see it. This is major. This is major. Understand something that sight was one of the major senses that was lost or tampered with in the Garden of Eden as Adam and Eve sinned. But praise God, our sight has now been restored through the gospel and person of Jesus Christ. Let's go to Genesis 3. We're going to look at this just for a moment. Genesis, the third chapter, you can get it or you can listen or make special note of it. Genesis, the third chapter, verse number six, verses six and seven. Here again, a pure heart will affect your eyes. It will affect not only what you see, but how you see it. Genesis, the third chapter, verse number six says this. And when the woman saw, when she saw, Talking about Eve, when she saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. And listen to verse number seven. Verse seven says, and the eyes of them both were opened. And the eyes of them both were opened. One more time. And the eyes of them both were opened. And they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Understand something. The hearts of Adam and Eve were now darkened. Prior to eating of the forbidden fruit, their hearts were pure. And because their hearts were pure, they saw God. And the things relating to God. They abided in the spirit. They weren't just tied to the natural realm. They could see everything. But when they partook of the forbidden fruit. And when they sinned. 
it darkened their hearts and the darkened heart reduced their sight line. And now they didn't have the ability to see beyond what was in front of them. Does that make sense? Note that before, again, their heart was darkened, uh, the visible appeared to be invisible in so many ways. They lived in the glory. Or we can say, as I said, the visible may have seemed to be invisible. And the invisible was that thing that was visible. Or we can say it this way. Is that they were so focused, their eyes were so in tune to see the invisible that it overshadowed the visible. Did that make sense? Now, today, it is flip-flopped. The visible so captures our eyes that we can no longer see the invisible. Are you hearing? So captures our eyes. Let me show you something here in in Luke 24. Are y'all still with me today? Luke 24. Let me show you a very wonderful picture of this. Luke 24, verses number 13 through 32. We may not read it all today, but this is the account where the Lord Jesus has now risen from from the grave, risen from the dead, and this is the third day. And he is up. And the apostles or the disciples here didn't believe it. And Peter and another disciple decided, well, let's go walking. And they began to walk on, walk to a city by the name of Emmaus. Let's look at this in verse 13. And behold, two of them went and went that day to a village called Emmaus. Which from which was from Jerusalem about three hundred furlongs, and they talked together uh, of all of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus drew near and went with them. So as they're talking and walking, the Lord appeared and began to walk with them. But their eyes were holding, say holding. Their eyes were holding that they should not know him. The word holding there means to hold. It means to restrain. It means to continue, continue to hold. It means to hold in check. So their vision was restrained. They saw just a natural man walking with them. They had no clue. That this was the risen Lord. They had no clue that this was God. Understand something. Their heart was darkened. They did not believe in the resurrection of Christ. They didn't believe it. They were filled with doubt and unbelief. They were filled with fear. And these things darkened the heart. And so now here is God standing with them, walking with them, and they couldn't see Because their vision was restrained because of the darkness of the heart. Does that make sense to you? Let's look a little further. Verse 17. It says, and he said unto them, what manner of communication are these that that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? The Lord saying to them. Verse 18. And one of them uh, whose name was Cleophas uh, answered saying unto him, art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem? You a stranger man? 
and and has not known the things which are come to pass uh, there in there in these days. And he said unto them, what things? <laughs> Here's Jesus. What things? Tell me about it. What's been happening here? What things? And they said unto him uh, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And besides all this, today is the third day since all these things were done. And telling Jesus all the bad news and how he's dead now. We're so sad. Verse 22, he says, yea, and certain women of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying uh, that they had also seen a vision of angels which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher or to the grave and found it even so as the women had said, but him they saw not. We didn't see him in there. We don't know what happened to his body, mister. You're a stranger. You don't know what's going on here. But it's the third day, mister, and the women in our group said they saw an angel who told them, but we didn't see it. So their heart is dark and they don't believe. Here is God. Here is Jesus walking with them and they don't see him. They are more focused on what they can see that they cannot see what is standing in front of them. Are you hearing? Look at verse 25. Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Now he's beginning to tell them. Now the word fools here means uh, not understanding. It means unwise. You're not understanding. You're unwise. Slow means here dull or inactive in the mind. You haven't been focused on this. You haven't been meditating on the scriptures. He said, ought not Christ to have suffered these things? I hear the Lord <laughs> explaining something. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things uh, and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures uh, the things concerning himself. Uh, verse 28. Uh, and they drew nigh unto the village, almost to Emmaus. Uh, whether they went and he made as though he would have gone further. All right, y'all see y'all later. I'm going further here. He made as though he was going to do it. Verse, verse 29. But they constrained him saying, abide with us for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. Verse 30. And it came to pass as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and break it and gave to them. And verse 31 says, and their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished out of their sight. Wow. Listen to their confession. Verse 32, we'll stop here. It says, and they said one to another, did not our heart 
burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scripture. Notice something here. In the beginning, their heart was corrupt, filled with doubt and, and unbelief and worry and fear. But as the Lord began to commune with them, and then he opened to them the scriptures, they said as he was doing that, their heart was burning. Didn't our hearts burn within us? Hmm, that sounds like a heart that is being purified by fire. So as the word is going forth, as they're spending time in his presence, as they're partaking of communion, the heart is purified, and then, wow, they see God. Does that make sense? And to make it even more clear to us, Emmaus means... Warm bath. So as they were going to the place that means warm bath, they got a cleansing. And they could not see him. But after they bathed, they could see him. Does that make sense to you? Jesus says in, in John 15, 3, you now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Now you are clean. And just as they went through that purification process, remember as we said in the very beginning and we're closing now here. Remember as we said in the very beginning, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. The word pure means to be clean. It means to be purified by fire. And they confessed with their own lips, did not our hearts burn as he shared with us the word, as he opened the scriptures to us? Did not our hearts burn if we, as we were in his presence, as we were partaking in communion, as he broke the bread, as he blessed it and broke it and gave it out to them? When their hearts were purified, their eyes were no longer restrained. Then they could see him. Let me tell you this as we close. You are destined to be like God. You are destined to be an offspring of God, to be a son of God, to, to be a child of God. You are destined. You are destined to be like him, to bear the image of God. It is your destiny. It is your right. It is your privilege. Jesus gave you power, right, and authority to become more than what you are. More than what you see in the mirror. There is so much more. And your enemy does not want you to hear this. He does not want you to get this in you. Because as long as you identify with being a natural man, you will never defeat him. But the moment you begin to believe and begin to rise up in your sonship, begin to take authority over him and begin to walk in the kingdom of God, the moment you begin to use the powerful name of Jesus, the moment you begin to apply his precious blood, the moment you begin to release the holy angel, Angels in warfare, the moment you begin to take on the, on you the whole armor of God, he knows that you will subdue him. 
But as long as he can keep you in the sighted realm, you will lose. But if you ever rise up and believe that you are more than what you think that you are and that there are more with you than there are against you, that heaven is backing you up. There's a crowd of witnesses, a cloud of witnesses that are saying, go ahead. You can make it. You can make it. You can make it. You can make it. The words of Isaiah, the words the Lord told Isaiah is still ringing in our ears who will go for us who can we send and God needs a people that are willing to identify with their their heavenly heritage identify with your heavenly heritage and you will see the power of God you will see the works of God you will see God because there is still a group of people, a generation of people that don't know him. They've seen all these examples of Christianity and they say, oh, nothing but a bunch of hypocrites, but wait till you step up on the scene. Hallelujah. They say nothing to this healing thing, nothing to this Jesus thing, but wait till you step into the room and the glory of God begins to come into the room. They say, I don't understand the Bible, but wait till you open the Bible to them and share with them the words of the Lord. They'll give their lives to Jesus. Revival will break out. And you'll see revival in our schools, in our in our homes, our churches, our community, nationwide. And people by the millions will give their lives to the Lord. And I believe that at that point, the sons of God will show out. Hallelujah. And the Lord's going to have to call us back on home before we wreck the planet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're waiting now on the full adoption of sonship. But until that point, your heart must be purified. And let me end with this and tell you, you have a right to bear the image of God. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We'll stop there. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Amen. We pray that you were richly encouraged by today's message and that you've received a great blessing. Don't forget to contact us on our website at www.kingdomrock.org. We'd love to see you in a live service every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And on Wednesday night, we start at 7 p.m. Come on out. Everyone's invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would so love to connect with you. And don't forget to stop by our website and check us out. Once again, our web address is www.kingdomrock.org. Well, until next time, my friends, remember that Jesus loves you so very much. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. God bless you. And we'll see you next time for more Kingdom Rock Radio.